friends. Happy 4th of July. Woo, you can probably hear fireworks going off in the background, so. Probably, so apologies, but you know, we can't stop people from celebrating their freedom. Yeah, good old America. America. <laughs> so, um, I'm just going to start with our something spiked because it is very patriotic of me. You're going to die. Oh God. What'd you do? A beer. A Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> you would. You would. Oh my gosh. Well, I am drinking this La Vielle for me, Rosé. How very French and non-patriotic of you. France has one of the best wines. France <laughs> and Italy, so... Well, I just felt like I could open a bottle of wine, but why when I have this fine Pilsner right here? So... No, thank you. You know how I feel about that. I am not yes. a beer gal. Oh, it just sounds so crispy, and it just, it just you know... I just felt like it was in the can is red, white, and blue and gold, just very American. So had to do it, had to do it. But um, it's funny too. So I just got back having dinner with some friends and Chelsea, uh, my friend was like, tell Alexa, I said, hi, I don't know her, but I hear her voice all the time. I listen to you guys. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. I met her. She was at your birthday. No. Oh, wrong person. Yeah, that was Emily. Emily. Chelsea, I worked with at the shows here. And Got it. Chelsea, actually, fun fact, I mean, I've always been into true crime, but she was the one who got me obsessed with true crime podcasts. She was like, you, I feel like you would like this podcast called My Favorite Murder. And oh my gosh. after that, like, it was over for me. That's How all funny. I listened to. And I, yeah, I, it, yeah. So shout out to Chelsea. I tried to do a more natural makeup look today, and I hate it. Okay. <laughs> so, do you have any news before I read our ghost story? I don't have any news. Let's go. I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay, so Jason, who was at our trivia night, shout yes. out to Jason. Um, he sent in this story. He is a... We'll call him a writer. This was written yeah. so well. So I'm just right. going to read it. So guys, just hang tight. So he says, it was Halloween night in the early 90s. I was in college at a small town in Pennsylvania and was invited to a small Halloween party thrown by some folks I knew at school. Being typical college kids, the usual Halloween stuff was taking place. They all decided we should go for a walk through a huge community cemetery about a mile from the house Oh my God, seriously, my heart just, What just happened? I thought someone was knocking on my door, <laughs> but it was fireworks from the muffled sound of the headphones. And I was like, oh my God. I hate you so much. <laughs> I hate you. We can't even get we're, yeah, we're literally not even into the meat and potatoes and I'm... Look, my neck is getting red. Okay, sorry. Oh, my <clears throat> gosh. Okay. <laughs> Whew. 
Wow, that scared the fuck out of me. Okay. Everyone's running around acting scared, etc. I'm looking around and seeing shadows moving, seeing orbs of light and things that made me really uncomfortable. I was very pleased when everyone decided to go back to the apartment and I told a girl who was a practicing Wiccan what I had seen and what I and that I was concerned. She said she saw some things and shared my concern. We get back to the apartment and the group decides to break out the Ouija board. Oh, I tried fuck. to talk <laughs> Right. Oh and that's and we're gonna stop reading. No, I'm kidding. Um I tried to talk them out of it, but they wouldn't listen and they formed a little circle around the board and began to talk to it. Mm. I stood about ten feet away watching because there was no way I was touching that thing. I had a really bad incident with a Ouija board when I was twelve and I won't use them at all today. Oh my god. Good idea. So so the pointer starts moving around as they talk to the spirit. They ask how old the spirit was, and it spelled out unborn. Okay. Yeah. This, oh, my it, gosh. Yeah. Everyone was confused by the response, so they asked for a name, and it spelled this really weird four-letter name. As soon as the fourth letter came up, one of the girls who had her hand on the pointer screamed, ran from the room as fast as she could, and slammed her bedroom door. Her best friend looks at me and says, what did you do that for, you asshole? My response was, um, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm way over here. I wasn't touching it. The friend then double takes, runs out of the room and into her friend's room. One of the remaining girls then informs us that the girl who ran had been secretly dating this guy from Africa. Hold on. Rogan, stop. No, no. So, uh, had been, what? Oh, I was just so that way you could see. Oh, gotcha. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Rogan. No, no. Okay. So, uh, informs us that the girl who had been se- had been secretly dating this guy from Africa had gotten pregnant, secretly had an abortion, and the name the board spelled was the name of the guy who got her pregnant. So, it gets Oh, worse. I have chills. I don't like this. Yeah. Ordinarily... <laughs> Yeah, it's it gets freaky. Ordinarily, you would think that uh, that we would or that would stop people from using the board, perhaps taking it outside to have a good barbecue. These folks decided let's keep going. So the two girls came back out, but the one who had the abortion didn't want to touch the board anymore. The uh, remainder start asking more questions, and the spirit is telling them how they wanted to scare the group and that they'd followed the group from the cemetery, which confirmed some of my suspicions. Mm -hmm. So the group asked the spirit if it wanted to harm them, and it said yes. So they asked it why it wasn't harming them, why it wasn't harming them. Mm-hmm. The board spelled my full name, and the kicker to this is that no one in that room knew my middle name, yet that is what the board spelled out. So I told them to ask again, and they asked specifically if the reason the spirit couldn't physically harm anyone was because I was in the room and I was in the group. The spirit answered yes, and then the pointer moved to goodbye. I still, and so he finishes, I still to this day have no idea why the spirit gave me that answer. I've seen a lot of stuff throughout my life. Lots of spirits from the corner of my eye had feelings of a presence in a room with me. Even saw, oops, I lost my space. Uh, even saw my autistic son having a conversation mm-hmm. with an invisible adult, adult that he said was Jesus. So 
Uh, shoot, my thing keeps moving. So I believe in spirits and angels and demons, but I don't think that would have stopped a harmful spirit from physically hurting someone. So I don't know why that night I apparently was the reason for harm not coming to the group. Oh my gosh. Okay. I legit have chills. I do too. Like, number one, never mess with a Ouija board. If you want to do that, then you're fucking crazy. Yeah. Number two. Like the whole abortion and the name of the guy, that's crazy. And then yeah. number three, like the spirit not like not harming them because of Jason. Like yeah. it that just kinda tells you like Jason must have been like a very strong person. Like and oh, yeah. actually like his soul was strong, his mind was strong, and so they knew, like they fully knew that we can't like he was just the strongest yeah you know one of the group a protector oh my god yeah yeah that is i mean that's that's so terrifying i mean so terrifying it should make i mean i guess it's comforting to know that the spirit didn't want to harm them because he was protecting them but still i mean that just scares the hell out of me yeah the whole thing spell out his first and middle name like what in the isn't that world? Nuts? isn't that, that nuts? Is so and scary. i didn't i mean i guess i've heard of like ouija boards but i didn't realize they like spelled thing i thought they just gave you like symbols and like a letter here and there like it'll no, take you, you to the a it. and so it's like oh someone with whose name starts with an a no like, no you ask it a question and it spells out the answer and there's like that. a yes or no uh spot on there as well but yeah and apparently a goodbye so, yeah and apparently a goodbye but you want to know what's crazy too is they sell ouija boards at walmart like you can yeah. buy one at walmart you can buy one yeah. anywhere like yeah. in the game section like where you buy other games yeah which is listen i think I do think that, you know, if they're going to sell Bibles, they got to be able to sell other shit. But to put it in the game section, I've definitely heard that before. I think that's a little messed up because a yeah. kid can take that home not knowing or whatever yeah. the case be. Oh and, that's, my God. and then they're inviting all that in. Oh, my God. That's terrifying. Anyway, yeah. So, guys, great story from Ouija boards. I know. And it was yeah. so well. It's like every yeah. sentence when I read that by myself, I was like, oh. And then I they're getting better. I'm like, oh, oh God. Oh God. Oh gosh. So guys, um, we are forced now to read your ghost stories. Um, I prefer you guys to send these to Alexa so she can read them first, and then I won't be forced to read them and be scared by fireworks in the background. So that's oh that. Yay. Um, good job, Kaden. Yay, I made it. I'm not going to sleep tonight, but here we are. I do it for you guys. So Yeah, she does. All right, well, let's get into it. All right, you want to do the disclaimer? Oh, shit, I didn't copy it over. Yeah, one second. Okay, I'm going to recite this from memory. So, our videos and podcasts are for entertainment purposes only. All information discussed was found on the internet. Keep in mind, we will talk all things sinister, which may in- not or er, which may include things that are not suitable for all audiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Close enough. You did good. Okay, close enough, guys. You get a you get a B minus. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I'll take it. B's get degrees. 
Yep. So, <laughs> drinking word. Ooh. Cannibal this is kind of a or hard one. Yeah, Hannibal or Cannibal or um, I um, mean, didn't he only eat one person? So, apparently. yeah. What if we did like, or even like, like mental or psychiatric, or because he had a lot of situations. Yeah, he did. Mm, man, this is really like a hard one to be honest because it's a pretty quick story. Um, let's do kill, 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 killed, kilt, killer. Okay, okay. Just because, honestly, I thought about cannibal or like brains or something, but it's like I only say that like five times. Okay. So, guys, all that being said, today we are talking about. Robert Maudsley, and I hope I'm saying that right, <laughs> also known as Hannibal the Cannibal, the Brain Eater, Blue, Ooh. and Spoons, and you'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about why he is, is known as Britain's most dangerous prisoner, yes. having murdered four people, three of those being when he was locked up. So, yeah, there is a Wild. lot... Base, I mean, the short the story's pretty short, sweet, and to the point, but I've got a lot of questions for you, Alexa, and some of okay. my opinions I'm going to need about this story. So, okay. here we go. He was born June 26, 1953, so we that's kind of taking it back, but we're still in cancer season. Mm-hmm. So, as a cancer, sensitive, moody, intense, this guy is all of the above, motivated by emotion. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's really all of those things are him. Just yeah. freaking crybaby. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> freaking crybaby. Freaking crybaby. So, um, he is one of 12 kids from Ugh. Liverpool. Like, that's insane. I remember he had. Not. Hey, like, can you imagine having 11 brothers and sisters? No. 11 brothers and sisters. I have, there are eight grandkids between my, or wait, seven, eight. Anyways, I lose track. Some of them I don't really yeah. consider anymore, but yeah. Know, and they're hard enough to keep track of between my sisters and my cousins. Yeah. So no, I can't. I can't yeah. imagine. Yeah. Like, that's... how do you remember birthdays and names or like who's going <laughs> where? Yeah. And his parents didn't. So I guess that answers your question. Right, right. I can't even so, imagine. Like, I just, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, it makes me want to throw up. So <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, that being said, his parents didn't give a shit about any of these kids. He spent most of his early years in a Catholic orphanage. Mm-hmm. And what's so sad is that him and all of his siblings that ended up here much preferred the orphanage compared to living at home with their parents. Um, They saw the nuns as family. They were actually closer as siblings when they were in the orphanage as opposed to when they went home. So it, the, the parents did come by the orphanage to visit. Yeah. And, Looking back, they'd say, you know, it was kind of like, you know, strangers just coming by to say hi. It's not like we had any ill will towards them, but it, we just they were didn't want to. happier without them. Yeah. That makes me so sad. So, so sad. 
Uh, and and we're also talking about the 50s. Like, we're still yeah. not in the day and age where orphanages really looked out for kids. I mean, I'm not saying right. this was a bad orphanage, but still not a great time for, like, taking children's mental health into consideration. So you oh, can only sure. imagine. Yeah. <laughs> like, preferring a facility over going back to your home. Actually going bad. home. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's probably because they got the love and the attention and the support and nurturing and yeah. and like, food uh, and, and a bed yeah, and right food. Yeah, I mean the standard living supplies you know that they needed you know in the orphanage versus at home. Right. Yeah. It's so sad. So at the age of eight, his parents did come back for him and a few of his siblings. Uh, They immediately subjected them to physical abuse that led to social services taking him away again, but now placing him into multiple foster homes. So this is just where everything goes wrong. And later, you know, they, he does say, and his siblings have said too, that Robert takes most of the blunt. Like, he is the one who, I don't know where he fits as far as the age between his siblings, but they said he endured majority most of the of abuse. It. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, his father told the rest of the family that Robert had died. So, if <gasps> that tells you anything about the love of these parents and their kindness, oh my he's God. like, oh, yeah, Robert died, so he won't be joining us for dinner. Yeah, um, remember your uh, brother Bobby? Yeah, he's no longer with us. Yeah, like, how what? sick is that? How sick is that? Oh After God. beating the shit out of him, they're like, oh, he died. Sorry. Yeah, he, he died. Yeah, awful. So, wow. um, Robert later claims that he was raped by his father and, of course, like we said, <sighs> suffered physical, mental, emotional abuse. And a quote from him is, All I remember of my childhood is the beatings. Once I was locked in a room for six months and my father only opened the door to come in to beat me four or six times a day. He used to hit me with sticks or rods and once he bust a 22 air rifle over my back. So we're talking brutal. Yeah, like severe physical abuse. That is just so sad. It's so sad. It's also, keep in mind, for later, I just made this connection, this whole locking him in a room for six months, that's going to play into some major things into his adulthood. So, Mm -hmm. as a teen in the 60s, he decided to become a sex worker in London and a heavy drug user. So, after several suicide attempts, he was either when they say he was forced into psychiatric help, I don't know if that was because he had no other choice or mm-hmm. because someone like forcibly did that, but he did want help. So yeah, he got psychiatric help and he told doctors, this is the first time he said, saying I'm hearing voices in my head telling me to kill my parents. Oh, wow. Which I mean, can you blame him? It's like no. Dr. Phil always says, I'm not going to ask, why you do it i'm gonna ask why wouldn't you do it you know yeah it's like <laughs> you and your dr phil analogy I'm, I'm gonna keep it going <laughs> i hate it so sometimes much. sometimes i think about stopping and then i think no <laughs> okay <laughs> what would dr phil say <laughs> it's really making me oh, a god person. so okay 
1974. He's around the age of 21. So Robert strangles a man named John Farrell in London. John had picked up Robert for sex work and allegedly showed him pictures of underage children that he had Mm. sexually abused. So um, Robert strangles this guy. I don't blame him. him. Don't blame him one bit. We've also said kill, I think, like five times. Mm-mm. That's the first time you've said it. No, because I also said he wanted to kill his parents. Oh. Yeah, so, well, you know, teach their own. You guys are keeping up at home. You get it. That's all that matters. We're trying to get you drunk, <laughs> not us. Yes, not us. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> We're high on life. Okay, so <laughs> Robert actually turns himself into the police saying that he needs psychiatric help. So okay. Robert does is there enough to be like I am out of control, and but, he was. But he killed a man who had sexually abused children. That's not yeah, out of control. Um, right, and we're gonna get into that too. Kind of like who Robert chose to kill. It's again, this is going to end with a twist. I guess I'm confused. Like what else happened? Like why, what made him out of control at this point? Because like, well, because he's already like being a sex worker. Well, he's hearing voices in his head and he, like he is concerned. Like he's like, Mm -hmm. I know that this isn't good because I'm start. Like, it's almost like the devil told me to do it. Got it. Um, He's hearing these voices telling him to kill, and now he goes as far to like kill the rage. somebody because okay. he he's so angered by these pictures that he just straight yeah. strangles this person. Got it. I didn't so, know if like something else had happened. I'm like, wait, what else happened? No, no, he's just recognizing, which is kind of unusual, but he is recognizing I have an issue. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, he's like, I don't think normal people get these thoughts. So I don't think normal people kill people. <laughs> yeah, I mean. And it's like, kill. <laughs> so, he turns himself into police. This is where he was given his first nickname, Blue, due to the color of the victim's face after strangulation. So I think it was a pretty brutal strangulation as well. I mean, everyone turns blue for, with lack of oxygen, but of course. the police describe all of his scenes as pretty violent. Like, they're like, wow. whoa. Okay, so he was found unfit to stand trial. So Robert was on to something with, I'm not okay. So found right. unfit to stand trial, and he is sent to Broadmoor Hospital. While he is here... Robert and another inmate hold a third inmate hostage. They corner him in a room, hold him hostage for 16 hours, threatening him, I think borderline torturing him, but specifically threatening to gouge his eyes out. So the rage is building up. Oh, my God. Yeah, can you imagine being, I mean, one, being locked anywhere for any extended period of time but then the whole time you're being told that you're gonna get your eyes gouged out no i can't even imagine (laughs) and like where the hell are the guards like where's everyone at you like they allow this to happen for 16 hours 
And I thought about that. I think this has to be a case of they didn't realize this person was missing. Danger- or that Robert was truly, like, dangerous, maybe. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, they're they're in the room hanging out. Um, yeah. Not realizing that some guy's probably tied up with his mouth covered in the corner, like, <laughs> screaming for his life. Right. Because there there are cases where the the police do intervene, but it, it it does take them a while. So I don't know if we're just not equipped. Yeah, uh, something happened. It's a very strange, very strange event. So a few years later, 1977, he's about 24 now. Mm-hmm. He teamed up with another inmate. Again, he likes the buddy system. They locked themselves in a room with a convicted child molester his name was david something so they were like "Mm." he's clearly triggered by child abusers they tortured him for nine hours until he eventually died and allegedly this is is was for revenge for some homosexual attack that this david guy had on one of their prison buddies but also could have been the fact that he was a child molester so It said that when the guards finally made their way in, so I think, again, I think this was a matter of they didn't realize someone was being held hostage, and then by the time they did, they're like... It was like too late. Breaking down doors, they've barricaded this room. But when they finally make their way in, the inmate's head was smashed in, Mm. his skull was split open by a spoon... That was wedged into the brain. Pieces of the brain are missing, and they described it as a cracked open like a boiled egg. Oh, my God. So I think we can all assume this is where he got the nickname Spoons. Yeah, and and Brain brain Eater. eater. (laughs) Um, Now, I will say this. He confesses to eating some of the brain matter, but that was actually never proven. Um it kind of became like a media thing, but it's, it is assumed because obviously yeah. there's pieces of the brain missing, but they never like proved that he actually did that. And then they're also kind of like, Oh, this guy's a little office rocker. Could yeah. just be saying that for a dramatic effect. Could be. I mean, but can you imagine like, why would you make that up? Like, why would you make that up? Oh, like- I don't know. I mean, narcissism and also, like, yes. you know, there's serial killers who, like, exaggerate their their number. And so it's, For like... sure. But where else did the brain go? Like, did he flush it down the toilet? Yeah, you, good point. You know what I mean? Like, where did it go? What right. was the alternative story? Yeah, I mean, we'll all assume that he ate the brain. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is also where he gets the nickname Hannibal the Cannibal. Mm. So, he earns three nicknames in one murder. I mean, guys, come on. Right. That's impressive. Right. Okay. Right. Oh, my god. So, like I said, these crimes went pretty unnoticed by the outside world until the rumors of the brain eating. And we've got Hannibal Lecter in the flesh here. So, yeah. um when after he was giving given this nickname, media starts covering this killer inmate. Robert definitely played it, and this is where I'm like doubting it a bit. He he would tell the guards things like he adores the sight of blood, and you could tell he was kind of getting a little gory with it. But right. well, I mean, but he's he was also getting the attention. Yeah, and but he also was deemed mentally unstable at this point. Like he's still in a in a hospital at this point. Right, right? he's not right. even in an actual prison. So it's like, uh, right. I mean, 
Maybe, Who knows? maybe he did. Maybe yeah. he did. So after this, he is convicted of manslaughter and sent to an actual prison. He did not like this. He begged to go back to this hospital. He's like, how? So he could hell? keep killing yeah. people. He's like, how am I supposed to kill people in a prison cell? Like, that's that's not fair. No, not fair at all. You're taking away all my fun, all my activities. Yeah. I have all this room for activities. And yeah. You're taking it away. Exactly. How am I supposed to barricade, like, jail cells? Like, it's How am not- I supposed to eat brain? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well... This is where shit gets real bad. So he is asked to be transferred back to Broadmoor. That was obviously denied. And he was sentenced to life imprisonment imprisonment with recommendation that he never be released. Mm -hmm. Well, they're going to take that a step further later on. So 1978, 25-ish. This is a year after the whole brain-eating situation. Robert kills two prisoners in one day. So... He had told inmates that his original plan was seven. He only made it to two. So one victim, his name was Salni Darwood. He was in prison for murdering his wife and was giving Robert French lessons. So he had like became buddies with nice. this guy. Yeah. Like Which I think is your sick. Friend? Oh my yeah. God. So uh, Robert invited him into a cell. He strangles him, stabs him, and then hid his body under his bed. So he had some, like, makeshift shank. Yeah. So at this point, he is, like, ready to go on his spree. Um, He tries luring more prisoners, but they refuse. And later they said, we saw the madness in his eyes. So they were like, hell no. You're crazy. Not Not today. So Robert then goes on a hunt until he corners and stabs this guy named William Bill Roberts to death. He hacks his head off with this makeshift shank. Like what? I don't even know how you find this shit in prison. So hacks the head off and then takes the head and strikes it against the wall multiple times. Like we're talking some rage. Okay. We're talking rage. What the Uh, hell? Can you imagine seeing that? Like, No. Oh, my God. Like, I always say this. I'm not scared of, like, needles or anything like that, but occasionally I have had to, like, administer a shot, whether it be, like, for a friend or for, like, my pet. And (laughs) just me piercing other people's skin gives Mm. me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. And I just can't imagine, like, cutting flesh. Or like cutting or a head off, snapping a bone. Yeah, or cutting a or head decapitating off, decapitating something, <laughs> and smashing it up against the wall. And by the way, you yeah. have two drinks. Just okay. I'm counting for you. Thank you, <laughs> muchos gracias. Okay, so here's uh, here's the kicker. So decapitates, bangs head against wall. Mm. Robert then calmly walks into the police office calmly calmly it's noted calmly places the makeshift knife on the table and says we'll be too short for the next roll call (laughs) the balls what he walks in he's like hey just fyi you're too short too short oh my god people are gonna be missing from roll call 
Like, holy shit. That is Doesn't even terrifying. Care. That is terrifying. terrifying. So, yeah. Um, during his last murder trial, 1979, so this is a year later, it was told that Robert believed his victims were actually his parents. So, this may have stemmed from childhood trauma. He would get so blackout furious that he's envisioning his parents. Yeah. And obviously, a major reason for the violence and pent up aggression. Yeah. So this was one of his quotes. When I kill, I think I have my parents in mind. If I had killed my parents in 1970, none of these people need have died. If I had killed them, then I would be walking around as a free man without a care in the world. Like, that is sad as shit. It's sad, but it's also like... At least he's, I don't want to say, like, at least he realizes what he did wrong, you know, because he clearly knows that these people, other than, you know, the guy who was a child molester, the first guy, Mm -hmm. like, they were innocent, right? And so, at least he is coming to terms that, like, hey, if I would have just killed my parents, like, nobody else would have died. Nobody else would have suffered. But who knows if that's even true? Yeah, that's just like. He has so much rage either way, like from his parents and from, you know, the abuse and everything that he endured. Like, who's to know that that would have been like the stop to it? Oh, for sure. For sure. I think the sad part for me is just that you were so obviously abused and traumatized by what your parents did that you felt like if they just wouldn't have been there. Right. Not even necessarily you would have killed him. It's like, if that just wouldn't have happened, like, I wouldn't have been this monster. Like, I think right. self-awareness almost <clears throat> makes it a little more pitiful. And I don't oh, mean pitiful sure. with sympathy. I mean, like, no, like, that's just sad. It is sad. I don't know. There's, yeah. like, there's still a part, like, we obviously can't sympathize with a brain that works like that because we don't know what it's like to be that far gone and not human so when you uh when you see people who are so deeply troubled and they clearly can't change it they have no chance Mm, of ever changing this or redeeming themselves then it's like oh parents don't fuck up your kids yeah no kidding no kidding um so still in prison uh, obviously for life <laughs> i think we've established that <laughs> 1983 robert is deemed too dangerous for a normal prison cell so they're mm-hmm. like listen you can't seem to keep your hands off other people so <laughs> a two cell unit was built in the basement of this prison mm. now listen to how crazy this is it's made of like a plexiglass equivalent. It had a different name that I wasn't even going to try to pronounce. So they called it the glass cage. It was complete with cardboard furniture and a concrete slab for a bed. Oh my gosh. He is allowed out of his cell one hour per day in the, in a 20 foot by 12 foot wide yard and is always under watchful eye, having at least five guards present at all times. Wow. So he has no contact with any other inmate since moving to this Mm -hmm. new cell. And this is where people are really getting freaked out because, obviously, I I will say this. I have seen Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. Is this not literally 
Hannibal Lecter. Like, well, this is kind of who they built the Hannibal Lecter story off of. One of them. One of the serial killers. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's exactly what it was like. Right. I mean, he's in that creepy basement cell with no human contact. That glass, in- it's a glass cell. It's a yeah. glass cage. Crazy. Yeah. So, um, Robert, and this kind of is a little late in the game, but he does see himself as like a vigilante. Mm-hmm. He obviously all of his victims were some sort of abusers, specifically with children. So, rapists, pedophiles, sex offenders, whatever. And right. so he has even said, like, those are the only people I'm a threat to. I'm not a threat right. to normal people, but it's like, but you are. You can't decapitate someone and bash their head against a wall and say you're For not no a reason. Yeah, yeah like, especially like the two people that he killed in prison, the most recent people. He can't say that and say that he's not a threat to, to people outside of prison because they didn't do anything to him. Literally nothing. Right. Also, as much as I'm for, you know, if you're in a situation where you have to defend yourself, Right. By all means. I don't care if it's a priest or a murderer, like you gotta defend yourself. Right. But like vigilante justice goes wrong yeah. real quick, guys. It does. And um it turns sinister real, real quick. So moving on to today, does the punishment fit the crime? So mm-hmm. he does have supporters that say, um, this only repeats the abuse that led to the crime. Like, this is why he is the way that he is. You mm-hmm. guys are making this not only no better, but you're making it worse. Mm-hmm. So a quote from Robert said, it does not matter to them whether I'm, I am mad or bad. They do not know the answer and they do not care just so long as I am kept out of sight and out of mind. I am left to stagnate, vegetate, and to regress left to confront my solitary head on with people who have eyes, but don't see and who have Mm. ears, but don't hear who have mouths, but don't speak. My life is solid. My life in solitary is one long period of unbroken depression. That's sad. Right. Oh my God. It's a story that makes me feel weird. It makes me feel weird because again, He's not wrong in saying the only people he murdered were terrible fucking people. Right. And I mean, man, it's just tough. So his supporters Mm. go on to point out that he hasn't committed a crime in over 25 years. And they see him as. Because he hasn't been around fucking people. I'm like, probably. Exactly. Put him back in general population and see what happens. Ex- or just in normal prison like be yeah. like dude we'll put you in prison for one year and, and we'll see what happens in a one week. day yeah <laughs> like so uh they see him as a, a victim of uncaring unsympathetic prison system that denies treatment and rehabilitation which i i do agree i think prison yeah. needs rehabilitation reformation but um that doesn't always mean like rehabilitation to get out to no. be rehabilitation just to live something of a better life in prison. So, right. Right. I don't know this guy. It's, it's a tough one. So he's said to have a genius level IQ, a love for classical music, poetry, art. He wants to obtain a degree in music theory, friends and family. So this, he does get 
visitors, like reporters have gone and things like yeah. that, but they call him <clears throat> gentle, kind, highly intelligent, enjoy his sense of humor. I'm like, what the fuck does he have to joke about? Like, does he have a bit about <laughs> cardboard furniture? Like, this guy doesn't know anything. He or a cement nothing. bed. Yeah he, yeah, he really, he doesn't. But you know what? Like, I, I kind of, like you said, I kind of sympathize with him to a point because he's not going to harm good people. Like, he's not I mean, maybe. going to harm, maybe. I mean, he didn't. He hasn't. Right, right. And his rage is built up towards, like, bad people and the bad things yeah. that happen to him. But, yeah, like, what the hell is he joking about? Like, how does he even right. know jokes? What What's yeah. even funny that happens in his world or in his day-to-day yeah. life? I, so he is, like, still in me. solitary confinement, like, today. Like, still living in this prison cell today, like. Oh, yes. Oh so we'll God. get into that. So, obviously, other than his sense of humor, it has taken a toll on his physical appearance. He's, yeah, uh, it's declined quicker than normal. Gray hair, sunken face, pale skin due to lack of light, frail. Uh, one psychiatrist met with Robert for a period of about three years on and off interviews, testing, things like that, and thought, or she, or he or she, I don't know who, I think it was a man, thought he was actually making great progress was on his way to removing some of his aggression and violence. So quote from the psychiatrist, as far as I can tell, the prison authorities are trying to break him. Every time they see him making a little progress, they throw a spanner in the works. He spent a time in Woodhill prison and there he was getting on well with the staff, even playing chess with them. He had access to books and music and television. Now they've put him back in the cage at Wakefield. His trouble started because he got locked up as a kid. Remember mm-hmm. that four yeah. to six month period. And yeah. now here he is spending it in a glass cage. Um, right. So his trouble started because he got locked up as a kid. All they do when they put him back in there is bring all the trauma back to him. So here's the thing. Like, I don't want to sympathize with a murderer, especially like a brutal attacker. But it's it's like, I I don't think this is the answer. No. And you want to know what's funny? Like, my brother and I were just talking about this literally yesterday. Like, we were talking about people that are in solitary confinement. Mm -hmm. And... I swear to God, if you ask any psychiatrist or any psychologist, is this the way to go? There's no way they would say yes. There's no way they would say, yeah, this is going to help this human being and this is going to help them, you know, behave. Like, I understand, like, breaking a person down to where they... compliant and... Yeah, to where they will be compliant, but... For so long, for 20-some years or 30-some years, like, how do you how do you expect that person to be any type of normal? How do you expect yeah. them to not be an animal? How do you expect them to not come out and want to kill and want to, you know, complete the rage, you know, that's going on in their mind? It just it doesn't no, you're absolutely make right. sense to me. It's like you're putting, and my brother had a great analogy. You go to like an animal shelter, right? And Mm -hmm. you see dogs in cages 
And there are some dogs that are terrified, like backed in a corner. There are other dogs whenever you go towards, you know, the chain or, um, you know, the caged area, they come and like bark at it. They're ready to attack. And then there's other dogs that don't even like pay attention. Right. Yeah. That's the same, the same situation that happens with humans. If you put a human in a cage, they're going to act a certain way, but none of it's going to be positive. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's wild. Well, and I think playing devil's advocate here, you know, this guy is different because he hasn't harmed kids. He hasn't harmed any innocent people, but like, let's take a a child molester or like a serial killer and you put them in prison and not only do the families and the citizens of the town want justice, but the guards, I'm sure, pissed. Right. Other people are pissed, or the other prisoners are pissed. And so it's like, and you have it like, let's say, an uncooperative prisoner at that. So you put them right. in there to break them. And it's, I, un- I, I agree. I think I, overall, I agree that it's a good tactic to break someone. It's a great form of temporary punishment right. to get somebody to act in line. But I, there isn't a benefit in long-term no. solitary confinement to this no. degree. Like, no. We're also, I think it's also strange. We're not talking about a mass murderer. We're talking about three murders. Yeah. And if and you ask me, <laughs> well, these, all three of these murders happened within a prison or a facility. <laughs> so it's like, uh, how about we ask where were the, the guards? Like where right. were, where were the the workers? That, yeah, how did you allow this? How did someone go missing? How did three people go missing for 16 yeah. hours? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, shit. They're keeping him hostage in there and beating his head against the wall. Yeah, like it's So anyways, obviously, Robert himself agrees. This is also another sad quote. All I have to look forward to is... Uh, is further mental breakdowns and possible suicide. In many ways, I think this is what the authorities hope for. That way, the problem of Robert John Maudsley can easily and swiftly be resolved. You know, and didn't he try to commit suicide once or a time before? I... For some reason, I thought maybe I'm getting it confused. So... I'll finish just with this last thing because it's kind of like that. So in March of 2000, that was like the last of it. There's a lot of updates to this case. Obviously, mm-hmm. like reports and stuff have come out about him. But the biggest one, March in 2000, Robert unsuccessfully pleaded for term for his terms of solitary confinement be relaxed. Um, or he asked to be allowed to take his own life via cyanide capsule. Um, and then... This guys, I don't want to sympathize with a, with a murderer. I really don't. But he also asked for a pet. I don't know how to say this. Hold on, Budgerigar. But it's like one of those little parakeet birds. Aww. He asked for a pet, one of those. Um, all of these things were obviously denied. That's so, sad. um, I don't know if he is. A, I don't know how he would attempt suicide. Because he doesn't have anything. Unless like, he, like, bashed his head in the wall. Like, yeah. That I would mean, only that would be the Or strangle way. himself. Like, he doesn't have anything. I don't hands. even think. 
don't think you can. I don't think you can. I mean, I think you can try. I don't know. But that being said, he is still in his glass cage, Wakefield Prison in England, currently 69 years old. Why are they keeping him alive? Like, why not just execute him? Does England not have, like, do they not execute prisoners? Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, why would they? I don't know. Yeah, like, why would they punish him this bad for murdering shitty people? He has been in solitary confinement for, like, 40 years. That's unreal. He's not even a human at this point. Like, prisoners in U.S. who kill other prisoners in Uh prison, like, they get solitary confinement for maybe a year or two. You know what I mean? It's like, because they're killing another prisoner. It's not like they're killing an innocent person. Like, I hate to say it like that, but what the hell? So you give this guy 40 years in solitary confinement for what? It kind of goes back to my ultimate question. Does the crime fit the punishment? And I am not saying by any means that murdering these people were was a good thing no i just don't think the crime fits this kind of punishment like we guys guys we have like golden state killers we have um we have like serial serial rapists or child molesters or human traffickers like let's not forget what's happening with galane maxwell and but we're gonna spend 20 years and she gets 20 years and possibly less. I'm sure it'll be less. Or R. And Kelly. she gets, but or R. Kelly. Not and again, I hate to like compare crimes because a crime right. is a crime. Um, but I just don't think I have to agree. When I was first reading this and I saw that he had supporters, I was like, "How does this guy have supporters?" That's like insane to me. And then you're but, like, "Whoa, wait a second. But then I was like, "Oh wait, he's been in." a glass cage on a concrete slab bed for 40 years for killing three other criminals and a child molester. So yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. That makes no sense to me. I don't know how the, the country of England has allowed this to happen. I mean, and like you said, he's a criminal. He's a bad person. Yeah, he is. He shouldn't have done what he did. But punishing him this way is not the right way. And at this point, it's, I mean, it's obviously still punishment. But at this point, you're just keeping a dead person alive. It'd be like keeping someone on a ventilator for 20, 30 years. years. Like, what is the point? This isn't a human. You're never going to rehabilitate him to even be like a coherent person. Right. And you know what? Like, why don't you give him a chance and put him in like maximum security where he can at least be around other terrible inmates? And you know what? If he does good, then great. If he does bad and kills another shitty person, like I hate to say it, but if they are a mass murderer who actually killed more people than he did, like, what's the big deal? I mean, at this point, he ain't killing no one. He is 69. No. He hasn't seen the He's sun so in 40 frail. years. Yeah. How is he even alive? I don't know. It's crazy. but And we said kill like seven times. I know. But... I know. But he uh, officially goes by Uncle Bob, and he is one of the country's longest serving prisoners as well. Wow. Yeah, because so, he's been in it since he was like 20-something. Yeah. 
So this one was it, like I was I was shocked. Like I was even giving myself like you know there were turning events in my research. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's that's weird because we we've also talked about a lot of European serial killers that I feel like are way more brutal and way more violent and higher number counts. And I'm like, but this guy, this guy, yeah, like Doctor Death. Yeah. Yes. Like, what the hell? Um, so, anyways, that is the story of Hannibal wow. the Cannibal, Robert Maudsley. So, I know we always ask for your guys' feedback on this stuff, but I think this is, like, this is interesting. It's very interesting. It's very sad. And I would never think that I would side with a murderer, but I am Team Robert. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just... He does not need to be in a glass cage until he dies. Like, either you need to sentence him to death and, like, euthanize him or whatever. Seriously. Like, or give him the damn cyanide pills and let him take his own life or let him live his last couple of years with other inmates. The other side of this, too, is obviously, you know, um, euthanasia in whatever form is seen as like oh well that's an easy way out for the for the killer and so a lot of families are like no i want him to rot in prison but like nobody is side like nobody is like yeah make him rot in prison like no none of i guess none of the victims families victims right again other criminals none of them are like going at bat to make sure rot like no one is saying does that make sense what am i trying yeah. to say here no it does like, make sense it's not like a person who killed children or a person and who the families women. are fighting back like yeah, wanting right. justice like no one's like everyone's like yeah guys you can kill him like it's fine we're we're good yes yeah. yeah just give him a cyanide pill Unbelievable. So it's just, yeah, it's very sad. Someone, okay, like a journalist or a writer or whoever's like interviewing him, just take him a bunch of cherries and he can swallow Ooh. all the cherry seeds. I mean, right. It might, it might work. I mean, maybe. I or don't know. a guard, like, I don't know. Can a guard like take him a bunch of cherries and have him swallow the cherry seeds? My work. I mean, he got nifty with a sh- a shank. I mean, to a point of decapitating a guy. You would think he would have figured it out by now. But yeah, you would think. Wow. Not also. This is not promoting suicide. But damn. No, like, but it, how like, can, can you imagine living that. like that? Like, how can you? I cannot. Yeah. Like, I even think back to quarantine and like being in my house ninety percent of the time for almost a year and going freaking nuts. And that's with all the luxuries of life. Food, sunshine, water, friends, TV, a cell phone. Oh, mine lasted for like two weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I definitely got out. But I remember when they tried to tell me. Not even two I, weeks. I was like yeah. two days. I'm like, fuck this. Yeah. I'm so I remember them trying to, the to say. Store and everything. They're like, if, you, if you're even seen walking around the block, they're going to tell you. And I was like, I, they're going to tell me what? Go home? Yeah. Okay. Like you can't tell me I can't. You can't tell me I can't walk around the block, and I would love to see them be like, "Get back to your house, or I'm calling your parents." Like, what are they gonna do? Yeah. Like arrest me for walking outside. Right. That was my favorite. Anyways. Yeah. That is it, kids. Story. 
Yes. I feel like our cancer stories are going to be the emotional ones. Like those oh, are the ones sure. that are going to be like, you're yeah. going to hit in weird places. Not saying we're going to feel bad for all cancer serial killers, but it's like no. this, they're just, there's a lot of emotion with cancers. Yeah, there is a lot of emotion. There really is. So, hmm. well, guys, um, it's the day before the 4th of July. This is coming out the day after the 4th of July. And this month, I don't think we have any huge updates with the podcast, but in August, we're going to podcast movement. We and are. So, um, wearing our new shirts. Yeah, it's so cute. A detective. So, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can get these. The back is super cute, too. It says, Don't kill my vibe. Um, <laughs> So you can go on and buy our merch right now. We are trying to raise some money to get us fully funded for this podcast movement that we're going to. So our PayPal is linked in our bio on Instagram. You can buy merch. You can subscribe to Patreon. There's some cheap options on that too. So just know that it's 100% going to that for us right now. Yes. And if... You want to start your own podcast on Buzzsprout? It's a lot of fun. We thoroughly enjoy doing this, except for days that we don't. And no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh my god! I'm kidding. We love this. It's actually <laughs> this consumes about as much time as almost my full time job. So it's because it's worth it. It's a blast. Yeah, it's, it's worth it. Um, but if you want to start your own podcast, then let us know. We can send you a link to get started and just sure can. signing up. You'll get a, an Amazon gift card. So that's really exciting. I almost wish I could just sign up. my own podcast. <laughs> just yeah. an Amazon gift card. <laughs> I could really use that right now, guys. Times are tough. So <laughs> anyways, uh, thank you to the Patreon patrons that we do have. And that's yes. all of my news. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. And like she said, we do want to go to this podcast movement. So if you want to support us, you know how to do it. You know what to do and when to do it. What's that from? Just do it. I don't know. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Now. Let it good. Oh, she went there. She went there. I went there. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week. Next Thursday. Next Tuesday. Stay sinister, y'all. Bye.